talk more. He's got me walking that grief one. Going slow more. He's got me talking that grief time. Going slow more. He's got me clocking the way. It's the Miami Night Show. Hey, yeah. Slow more. He's got me walking that grief one. Going slow more. He's got me talking that grief time. Going slow more. He's got me clocking the way. What up, tribe? It's Miami Night Show, Master hey, Coach. Yeah. Welcome to the Miami Night Show. Got me walking that grief walk. It's time for grief talk, y'all. Yeah. I talk about things you think about. It's Miami Night Show, Master Grief Coach. Javonia McDowell is a woman of faith and a godly proud military wife and mom. She's a gun violence survivor, a fellow with Evertown Survivor Network, and Moms Demand Action Survivor Membership Lead for Georgia. During her four years as a fellow, Javonia has shared her survivor story to an array of audiences to include features in Essence, Vogue, Humanity, and People magazine. Javanya's 14-year-old son, Jawan, was shot and killed on April 7, 2016, by another teen playing with an unsecured gun. This tragedy is what led to Javanya's activism. She is also very active with the Be Smart program and a gun safety champion. She shares the importance of Be Smart and the five simple steps that both gun owners and non-gun owners can take to keep our children safe. She works with several local organizations, educating and speaking to the youth about teen gun violence and suicide. Her favorite quote is that by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. She's a fierce advocate in which her pain has birthed her purpose. Javanya has been nominated as a remarkable woman. She is in the running as one of six top finalists to win the title Remarkable Woman of the Year out of 120 finalists across the United States. She's fierce, she's remarkable, and she's purposeful. Let's welcome her. Welcome back, Grief Nation listeners. And today on Grief Talk, I'm going to talk to Javanya McDowell. And our segment for today is called Remarkable Woman. Hello, Javanya. How are you? Hi, how are you? Beautiful. I'm well. I'm Um, good. It's always um, a pleasure to be in space with you or or just to share time with you. Um, I really, truly appreciate your acceptance for coming on. It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk. Um, But let's jump into how did we get here? Um, I met Javanya through um, working with Moms Demand Action and um, she's just been this light and I've always wanted to... um, do something with her and work with her. So that's, I, I asked her to come on the show. Um, you're going to learn so much about what she does. And I'm just grateful for you um, coming on and sharing your story with us. So talk about your journey of grief and, and how um, you got here. Okay. So my grief journey began um, April the 7th, 2016. Um, I received a call that no parent should ever be on the other receiving end of. Um, I was four hours away. We had allowed our children to go visit family in Savannah um, for spring break. Um, and this was the day before they were set to return home. And I got this call after I spoke to my son um, four hours prior. I talked to him, he told me about his day, um, what he had planned for the day. Um, we laughed a little bit. And before we hung up, you know, like our typical conversation is, it ends with I love you. So I said, I love you, bud. And he said, I love you too, mom. So I called him my little rosebud. Um, because everywhere I am, he's there. He's right behind me in tow. And so um, when we hung up the phone, I received a call four hours later stating that my son had been shot. And I thought, no, I just talked to my baby. How does this happen? Like, how do we get here? You know, in my mind, you know, I'm thinking all kind of thoughts. But my 
my heart is shattered like immediately from hearing that he had been shot and I'm four hours away so my husband had just gotten in work and I couldn't even form complete sentences and I just remember saying we got to go and he kept saying what's wrong I said we have to go and we got in the car with just the clothes on our back um driving four hours which seemed like it took forever um so it seemed like the closer we got it seemed like the farther we were we were um we're breaking every law there is um speeding trying to get there and we did get pulled over um when we got closer and i remember my husband getting out of the car and just telling the officer that our son had been shot um and before then we were driving but i felt this cool breeze like within 15 minutes of that ride because we received that call at 4 30. Mm -hmm. so about 4 47 um to be exact i felt this cool breeze and and i said to myself no no when i remember looking out the window and i said no no my husband said what's wrong and i said no no and i couldn't tell him what i was feeling in that moment because mm -hmm. i knew we had to get there um, and I kept saying in my mind, like, I know my son is not just passing by. And I said, no, no. And we're praying and we're praying and unable to brace for the worst. And so when we arrived, you know, I'm calling everyone, no one's answering. I kept telling my husband, you're not telling us everything. When we arrived to the hospital, the atmosphere, like, I, I could tell because everyone was outside. So I knew that everyone being outside wasn't a good thing that I was about to be told because... I felt like, why isn't anyone in the hospital with my baby? Like, mm -hmm. why is everyone outside? And so um, we even, we did, I don't even know if we put the car in park. I just remember jumping out the car and, and I'm racing towards the door and one of my family members, and I believe it was my oldest son that grabbed me. And um, I remember hearing those words, those dreadful words, and it was, he didn't make it. And I just lost it. Like all my being just felt like it left my body. Mm -hmm. There was no type of rational thinking. I couldn't think straight. Mm -hmm. um, so I began to just start that grieving process immediately. It's like you don't prepare for it. It's yeah. nothing that you can take steps to, to get to that point. Um, and I'm still processing to this day. Um, it'll be four years, April the 7th, and I'm still processing it. Um, and during the investigation, we found out that my son, Jawan, who was 14 years old at the time, was shot and killed by another team playing with an unsecured firearm. Um, and that other team was like a relative. It was like a cousin. It was my brother's stepson. And so, or my brother's bonus child, you know, mm -hmm. I don't like to use the word step. So my brother's bonus son. And mm -hmm. at the time it was, like, I couldn't process that, you know, because I was thinking, like, how, how, how is a, how is a gun unsecured? And um, I started researching, of course, um, shortly after, not immediately, because I'm still trying to process it. My heart is one place broken and shattered in a million pieces, and my mind right. is on a total different wavelength, and mm -hmm. they're not connecting. There mm -hmm. was no connection at all. Um, I was torn um broken um and still trying to make sense of what was happening you know right. not really fully understanding it and not being able to actually put it into terms at the time um because it was so much about this accidental accidental and so i didn't really identify as a gun violence survivor at first because i felt that 
it didn't fit the category yeah. of what society calls gun violence you know mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. um this and it's no such thing as the wrong place wrong time type thing but um i didn't know if i fit any of the categories that they had labeled as gun violence survivors and um doing this grief journey i realized one day that i was you know mm -hmm. that it was not accidental it was unintentional mm -hmm. um and that the most part it was 100 preventable mm -hmm. um and so that's how i began to gain access to being able to actually process and i'm still processing like i said um every day is a journey yeah. um and we take different steps to get to a place where we're able to manage our grief you know yeah. it's it's never easy mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't get easier with time it definitely doesn't get easier with time yeah absolutely um i'm so sorry about your son um I know that had to be a very, very difficult time. And and like you said, we're still processing, we're still going through, but I, I'm so grateful that you are able to share, to, to help in the cause of, of teaching us and, you know, what are the right words to use and, and teaching us um, um, what are the right things to say? Like you said, not knowing where you fit in the gun violence um, acronyms of what you know gun violence truly is you know not knowing that and a lot of people don't know um and a lot of people don't know like you said that they are a survivor because there was so much guilt and everything surrounded by my son's loss because of suicide so I can I definitely identify with what you're saying but mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your son um Jawan and and what he was like Jawan was this kid that loved life um he loved animals which he didn't get that from me um <laughs> because i am terrified of every species there is mm -hmm. um but he loved animals he loved nature um he loved being outside that like a typical little teen boy mm -hmm. um being outside was his thing you know collecting bugs and mm -hmm. playing with lizards and all of those things and so but he was sweet. He was almost as if when we get in the car, he would always give me a kiss on the cheek and then he'll hug me from the back because he's in the back seat. And yeah. even at 14, he would always get in the back seat and I always say, bud, you can get in the front. He said, no, mom, I like you back here because I'm going to always have your back. And so Aww. he was always just loving fun kids. Um, he was a jokester. He loved to joke. Um, he would, you know, I scare easily, so he would actually try to scare me every chance that he got. It was like that was his thing, just like, Oh, I'm gonna scare uh -huh. my mom today. I'm just going because I know if I just peek around the corner, she's gonna be scared. And so, Aww. that was how he was. Um, he was given, um, very given. Um, he liked to share, he's he was never a stingy child at all. And I was always saying, like, I'm trying to figure out where he get that from, <laughs> but he was so selfless like mm -hmm. he would give the shirt off his back that's just how given he was and I recall a time where he had got some shoes we had purchased him some shoes and I saw him with his flip-flops in his backpack and then he had some shoes on and I didn't dawn on me to ask you know because I'm like okay these kids they they like to change into their flip-flops or they slide so I'm like okay that's probably what he's going to do at gym class or something I, I don't know mm -hmm. and when he came home he only had his slides and he didn't have his shoes and I asked him I said but where's your shoes 
And he said, Mom, remember that talk we had about giving and how giving is, you know, gratitude? And I said, yes. I said, but what are you trying to tell me? So he yeah. said, well, there was this little kid that was being picked on and I gave him my shoes. And oh, my God. I said, okay. He said, so you're not going to get mad, right? Because we talked about this before. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get mad. Aww, I said, but I would have preferred that you ask me first. But I understand. It was um, in the moment. And that was the type of kid that he was. Um, Even at just, you know, 14 years old, he just had this. And my grandmother will always say that he had an old spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I didn't understand that at first. um, But she would always say he had this old spirit. And even at times, my grandmother suffered from Alzheimer's. She's passed away now. But um, there was a time where Juwan, she would only eat from Juwan. Like he, he could feed her. Everybody else, she didn't take to them. And I knew that there was a connection. And um, when she passed, he had a real hard time with that. Um, And so my grief journey began there, too, I can say, you know, um, by the loss of my grandmother from Alzheimer's. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things that we go through um, Mm -hmm. when we go through life in general. um, And we don't even realize it at times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So how did you begin the process um, after losing Juwan? How, what, I know you stated some of the things, but um, you said you started researching. So then what led you into this remarkable woman state? How did you get there? How did I get there? Yeah, so good question. Um, It started, I started researching um, because I wanted to know just how common this was. because I've never experienced anything like this. So I started researching um, and I wanted to know like unintentional shootings. And I came across, um, it's an Everytown Survivor Network and they have an interactive map. And on this interactive map, they have these little dots and each dot represents a unintentional shooting across the US. Mm -hmm. The red is the killing and the pink is the injured. And so it's, it's done and it's interactive by year. So you can click on the year and upon doing that i clicked on my own story Mm. and i said wow then i clicked on a story that was close to mine within Mm. the same region and i started clicking all these dots and i was reading everyone's story and that was the moment that was a eye-opener for me that this is becoming too common for comfort Mm -hmm. and I started saying, okay, it's something that I need to do. And I started researching, you know, gun violence prevention um, organizations. And I came across Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. I reached out to Lucy Macbeth. Um, I inboxed her um, because her son Jordan was killed in Florida. And I reached out to her and she gave me the information that I needed, which in turn, I was able to connect to another survivor, Stephanie Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, the journey began um, for me getting involved with Moms Demand Action, the Everytown Survivor Network, and the Be Smart campaign. All of that kind of came in together. Um, I remember, I know a lot of people say, you know, don't question God, but how can you get your answers if you don't right. question Him? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at home and I, I had a life coach and she told me, she said, you can't get even with evil. Um, because I was just so angry. I was mm-hmm. so angry about a lot of things and it was still processing a lot all at mm-hmm. one time. And I remember asking God, I said, why my son? 
And I remember his response being, would you have preferred it to be someone else's son? And without a doubt, hesitation of thought, I said, no, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want anyone to experience this pain. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's your answer. I knew then that he was saying, you got work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Here is the platform that I'm giving you. Here is what I'm going to lay out for you. And then I remember the story about the blind man and and John and I remember they asking you know because I felt like I felt like I was being punished you know it, it always mm-hmm. feels like you're being punished for something and yeah. I was feeling like I was being punished I, I felt like okay God what did I do wrong to deserve this yeah and he led me to the story where they asked did he sin or his parents sin and he said no neither the man nor his parents sin this was for my glory mm-hmm. so that I can be elevated in my knowledge and so yes. I knew at that moment that God was with me on this journey and he was going to prepare everything in place for me. And um, to get back to more of the research, I started advocating for the Be Smart program because see how the Be Smart shirt on, which yeah. is, yes, the Be Smart program, um, which is, it's a Be Smart campaign, which is five simple steps that both gun owners and non-gun owners can take to ensure the well-being and safety of our children. And um, if you like, I can share yes. that with you. Also. Please share. Please okay. share. So with the Be Smart program, what it does or the campaign, it's the S is an acronym for the SMART. The S is secure all guns in your homes and your vehicles, making sure that your guns are inaccessible to children. We all know that children are curious, yeah. you know, and they stumble across things all the time. We mm-hmm. all have been kids before we found Christmas gifts in the closet. We found things too in our parents' home, even playing hide and go seek in the house. You know, mm-hmm. we found stumbling across things and as simple as stumbling across a gift, you can stumble across the unsecure firearm. Mm-hmm. And so the harsh reality of that is making sure that you have your gun inaccessible, make sure it's secure, make sure the ammunition is separate from the gun. So if your child does find it, they won't be so curious to pick it up because right. even as parents parents would say oh well my child knows better but you just never know at that moment when it presents itself when your child would take that opportunity right. um to touch that gun or play with that gun um the m is model responsible behavior around guns making sure that you're not showing an aggressive behavior around guns because again kids are like sponges too they soak up things so right. they, they around you they see what you're doing they see how you interact with your gun and so they're looking they're mm-hmm. watching you even mm-hmm. when you think that they're not so even being aware that celebratory gunfire kills too you know a lot of people go outside and they shoot guns on the fourth of july on holidays and what you have to realize or what others have to realize is that bullet has to come down somewhere. Right. You know, they don't have eyes, they don't have brains, um, they don't have names. And mm-hmm. we know that celebratory gunfire does kill too. In addition to that, making sure you're not cleaning a loaded gun with your children in the room or being present because a lot of incidents have occurred that way also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another part of that is the A, that's ASK. Ask others about unsecured guns in their homes, making sure you're having that conversation um, because asking can save lives. Um, even if you have to do it via text or mm-hmm. email, mm-hmm. Um, because I know it may be, you may feel kind of funny at first, but I'd rather for you to feel funny and save a life than for you to experience what I'm experiencing now, right. um, the loss of your child. And so it's important that you ask, you know, 
right now during this coronavirus that's going around and going on right now, a lot of kids are unsupervised, you know, because mm-hmm. parents are essential workers and making sure if you're having someone babysit your child or your child is going to someone else's home, making sure that you ask, ask do they have guns in their homes and how they're secured. Um, the R is something that I know that you identify with is recognize the role that guns have in suicide. Um, because kids, kids are impulsive, you know, and one bad day can be a fatal day because we don't, as adults, we don't think all the way chronologically A through Z and children don't either. Mm -hmm. And, um, the pressure and everything that's around them, you know, one bad day can be a fatal day with the presence of a gun. So making sure if they're having those days and you can identify those days or you recognize those days and you have a gun, get it out of the house, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you secure it or, or have it removed, you know, during the time that your child is struggling, mm-hmm. you know, and then the T is what I'm doing now. Have that talk and tell others to be smart. It's very imperative and it can save lives. Thank you so much for that. Um, I, coming across this Be Smart program and knowing what we know now, being educated on, um, I was like, when I, when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, I was like, I never even thought about that, bringing up, bringing my children up. You know, I have children that are 30, 20, 28, 27. Mm-hmm. I never thought about having those conversations, never thought about it when they would go visit, you know, other family members just didn't know because their, their education wasn't out there then, I, I guess, or it wasn't talked be widely talked about like it is now. But thank you so much for sharing that. Can you tell us during this time and even now, what did your um, support system look like? My support system, um, basically my family and my faith, um, mm-hmm. they really helped me during this time. I often tell people, you know, during the time I couldn't pray for myself because I couldn't even remember to pray, to yeah. be honest with you, yeah. um, because my mind was all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was others interceding on my behalf. Um, and my faith and my hope that things will eventually one day change. We'll see a time where we won't have gun violence will be see a term that I can use. I don't know if it will be fully eradicated, but that's our prayer is that it will be. Mm -hmm. Um, But at least slow down to where we're preventing things that are preventable, you know, um, passing common sense gun laws, you know, making sure that there are background checks on every gun sale. Um, but my faith and my family has really been instrumental um, during this process. Um, I had a life coach who is the breakthrough strategist that actually helped me during this journey also. Um, I remember her telling me to write a letter to God and, and be uncut because he had already knew my feelings. Yeah. And she told me to write everything that I was feeling down. She said, write it down. She said, I want you to read it out loud. Then I want you to just take a deep breath and just throw it away. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I had a sigh of relief. It's almost like your soul breathes when you're able to have that exhale from the inside where you feel like, okay, got me you know I'm here you know got me because Mm -hmm. it's never easy on this journey it doesn't get easier um I know a lot of people use that term that time heals all wounds but Mm -hmm. time doesn't heal all wounds time with Jesus you know helps you you know with your wounds but 
it doesn't heal all wounds. Um, but definitely my faith, my family, and just being able to advocate has been very instrumental. Um, yeah. Being able to help others where I see that they reach out and say, hey, I read your story. Now I'm asking, you know, and I'm just like, yes, you know, my son's death will not be in vain because of the work that I continue to do and the advocating that I do. So definitely faith and family yeah, has been very instrumental. And because we are going to, through this time of grievance and a lot of people don't even realize that they're going through it because of us being socially isolated and being disconnected and all of these things that are happening because of the pandemic that we're in. If you had to speak, because here it is, life is still going on around us. Like you said, there's children home at, at home now. They could be getting into things. You know, we have, I, I, I just heard recently that a lot of um, parents are struggling with their teens, not listening, still going out, still doing. If you had to speak to a person that is going through, um, not necessarily lost by gun violence, just lost within itself. Some people have lost their jobs. At this point, what would you say to a person that? could have lost a child but could it just have lost within itself what do you have to say to um our people about that just um we all have lost our normalcy right now um right. let's just be honest um and i would just tell them to remain hopeful um i know that right now looking at it from the natural we can't see that mm -hmm. um because it's so much that goes on um and we look at it every day on the media um, yeah. with you know the cases that you know continue to rise and it's just like okay what can we do and so I would just say to that parent remain hopeful but also be present you know it's, it's very important to be present both physically mentally and spiritually especially when it comes to connecting to your children um, be present um talk to them share with them the dangers of everything that's going on around them mm -hmm. um making sure you're being honest with them um because trust me if if you're trying to tiptoe around it they probably already have researched themselves mm -hmm. or see things themselves mm -hmm. and so there there is a a part of younger people that feel invincible um but you have to let them know that they're not invincible this can happen to anyone um and just like not just the coronavirus but gun violence too you know mm -hmm. it does not it does not have a particular age right. race uh gender none mm -hmm. of that you know mm -hmm. and just like the coronavirus it does not have an age or gender yeah. or anything of that nature and so it can happen to anyone and i would just say be present remain hopeful but be honest with your kids as well thank you for sharing that um because that you had these experiences with gun violence and you've read stories and you know of others that have gone through this can you share some of the um triggered experiences that you you yourself or others may have um had that you can share just to let people know you know some of these things can happen Yes, exactly. Um, I think that I don't like to use, and I've always said it, I don't like to use the word triggers okay. only because I feel like a lot of people who have been 
survivors or gun violence survivors, certain words kind of make them feel or make get them upset. So I like to use an awareness. Okay. Um, even with anxiety, it brings on an awareness of your body. You mm-hmm. know, it tells you something, you know, either mm-hmm. you become where well, your breathing is kind of shallow or you your breathing is heavy. Mm-hmm. And so it's an awareness, you, yeah. you know, that okay, something is happening mm-hmm. and it's happening for a reason. So I have to tap into what that reason is. And mm-hmm. so even as uh, with grief awareness, it's being aware of those emotions, but being able to receive those emotions, you know, mm-hmm. being able to say, okay, if this upsets me and I see that this is upsetting me, what can I do to get through this? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't jump over it. You can't jump. Right. You can't jump around it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go through it. And right. so to get to the other side, because mm-hmm. there is something on the other side, you just have to get mm-hmm. um, the journey is not going to be easy to get there, but you have to tap into within your soul to mm-hmm. get there, tap into that inner being that's within you to fight through these emotions and everything that you're going through or you're experiencing. Um, I would say that the awareness, um, like for me is back to school. Like Mm -hmm. when it's come a time for back to school, I either have a, I either jump up thinking I have to get my child ready for school. And that's an awareness for me. Or when I see all the school supplies in the store and Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, should I just vacate my my car and just leave what I intentionally came in here for because it's so much that's coming at me at yeah. one time? Or do you fight through it and say, okay, even with the tears, I'm going to push through. Um, and so it's it's a step and it's a process. Um, and sometimes you have to stay on that step for a long, long time. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And you have to give yourself permission to say, okay, it's okay. I'm on a step right now, but eventually I can step up to the next step. But right now, this is where I am Mm -hmm. and being okay with where you are. um, I think that for the most part, that awareness is being able to identify it because Mm -hmm. if you try to hide it and conceal it, you can't heal what you conceal. Right. You can only heal what you allow and give yourself permission to do Mm -hmm. and so if it's forgiveness if it's something else you know you can you can give yourself permission and sometimes you have to stay there like this year um i never decorated for christmas didn't put up a tree refused all of that and so this year i actually wanted to decorate you Mm -hmm. know it was something that came over me um where i wanted to and so i was able to tap into that and say you know this is something that i want to do i want to experience this again and it's about that awareness again where you know okay if it's too much then i'm gonna kind of ease back down a little bit but eventually i get up to it even if it's just doing one thing at a time maybe you put up the tree but you don't put any decorations on it or maybe you go out to dinner but you tell everyone ahead of time hey this is what our conversation is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, being able to make those boundaries and set those boundaries ahead of time is very beneficial on this journey. Um, yeah. Even if it's a conversation that you're having at dinner and 
a lot of people talk about their children in the present tense and then you have to start your conversation with I remember when mm. but being okay with that yeah. you know but don't feel like okay I can't talk about my child I can no longer talk about my child no I'm going to still talk about my child absolutely you no know? and I'm going to talk about him as it may not be the same as the experience of him being here but he's here spiritually he's not mm -hmm. here physically but he's here right. spiritually and right. I'm going to continue to talk about him yeah. you know and so being aware is very important thank you and can you share with us um the different types of gun violence so that people can you know come to a fair uh, a better understanding of what they are sure so you have what suicides are gun violence um unintentional shootings are gun violence um and i know a lot of people say accident but it's not an accident it's 100 percent preventable again um then you have uh what is referenced as just violence in general um you have mass shooting um mm -hmm. you have school shooting um and so there's a array of just gun violence that's that targets or that that are, that is in the communities and so um, I don't like to use urban gun violence because that's like putting it on just, right. you know, a certain um, people, but there's city gun violence um, mm -hmm. where gun violence touches every city. Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying urban, just use mm -hmm. it as city gun violence um, because it's there. Um, and being able to find preventable measures, um, mm -hmm. that's gonna be important on this journey. Being able to learn the laws you know, because if you learn a lot, because like I said, I didn't even know different laws that didn't exist until I became a gun violence survivor. And I really wanted to know. And so I started looking at that, like, mm -hmm. and really understanding, like, okay, this is, this is a lot bigger than what I thought, yeah. you know, from my own experience of seeing things and growing up and hearing about gun violence. But this is a little different you know and yeah. once you start researching and you see then you're able to offer something you know mm -hmm. offer some type of assistance or help towards this i know a lot of people say that i've met on this journey to say well that's not going to work or that's not going to help and i always say well join us and tell us what can because right. if right. you can say this is not going to work mm -hmm. then tell us what will Right. Because I think we're all open to different ideas and being bridges, you know, for our community, you know, to be able to speak up and, and advocate and, and pass common sense gun laws. I think mm -hmm. we're all in agreement with that. Yes, yes, yes. So I know you had touched on this before about what it is to be a survivor for you, but explain that entail so that because a lot of people don't even realize that you know a lot of times when we are in our meetings or they don't even it clicks later on that oh i am a survivor too so what is explain that for us i think that for the most part it's it's all within um because you have to get to the point where you know or see if you identify as one mm -hmm. um there are identifying factors that go into that but like i said unless you're able to open that because mm -hmm. a lot of time we suppress mm -hmm. you know, we suppress our feelings and our right. emotions and and we just act like okay if, if i just say okay it didn't happen it didn't happen mm -hmm. um and so until you're able to and you're ready mm -hmm. um that's going to be the main the main part of this is when you're ready mm -hmm. um sometimes you have to look in the mirror you have to speak to 
your soul. You can't speak to the image that you see in the mirror. You have to speak to your soul. Yeah. And when you speak to your soul, you can ask, like, okay, am I hiding something mm-hmm. that or trying to conceal something that I know is my reality, but I don't want to give it any thought? Right. And when you do that, you're able to see, like, okay. I am a gun violence survivor. And even if, and I know a lot of, here's the, the, the part that I think a lot of people get kind of like, don't like to identify as even injured lives. Mm-hmm. Anytime you've been threatened with a gun mm-hmm. of any magnitude, right. if it's your child or you personally, if you've been a victim of a robbery and they put a gun in your, you are a gun violence survivor. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that you actually was shot or anything like mm-hmm. that but mm-hmm. the fact that the gun was done you're a gun violent survivor a gun yeah. was used you're yeah. a gun violent survivor yeah. um even injured lives you know you're a gun violent survivor you know someone may have been injured by a gun mm-hmm. you know where they a stray bullet or anything like that mm-hmm. you're a gun violent survivor but it's all about identifying factors but it's up to you mm-hmm. when you're ready to identify that yeah and I asked that question because I had a friend, uh, him and I was talking and he, he knew um, I was a part of um, an organization that did some um, work with um, bullets and, and he was always supporting me with helping me um, get the bullets and all of that stuff. And him and I had had so many conversations about him losing his father, um, but he still didn't re- re- realize or recognize that he was a survivor, that his father had died by gun violence. But it was so long ago. He's like in his 50s, you know, and in that he like you're saying, he suppressed that, you know, that's and he lost his father when he was very young. He didn't identify with him being affected, but he knew he was affected by it, you know, by growing up without a father. But he didn't make the connection to him and I had a conversation because I had invited him to be on a panel that I was going to be on. And he says, Maya, he called me, he says, Maya, I didn't even realize that I'm a gun gun violence survivor as much as you and I have been talking about it, you know, me living my life, having this story about my dad. I just still never knew that I was a survivor from it because he wasn't he wasn't the one that passed. So I guess mm-hmm. that's why he was saying that I, I just didn't recognize that I am also a survivor. And I said, yeah, but you know, that's why I wanted you to touch on that. Cause a lot of people just don't know where they stand. They know that their lives have been affected, but they don't realize that I have too have had to live my life in this and that I have been affected by it. So um, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to talk about the remarkable woman and how did you get to that? And what was that experience like? Tell us about the contest that you were a part of. Yeah. So um, in the local viewing area, they were um, with a lot of um, next star media coverage. Um, what they did was over a hundred um, submissions were when that were actually placed for four women mm-hmm. um, in our city of Savannah. Mm-hmm. And this contest was all over the U.S. And so um, out of the four women that were um, select were selected as Remarkable Women, I was chosen to represent the city of Savannah for their um, next star Remarkable Woman of the Year. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to take place in uh, March of this year in New York. But unfortunately, because of the coronavirus that went on, uh, that's going on now, they actually had to push it back. 
Um, we were supposed to, it was supposed to air March the 26th, where they would have met, um, announced the Remarkable Woman of the Year out of 120 women across the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, I am in the top six of the finalists. Um, okay. for, yeah, the Remarkable Woman of the Year. And I will find out if I'm selected. I think they're pushing it back to May, sometime in May, mm -hmm. um, to actually announce the actual winner. Mm -hmm. And what that entails was um, they selected women based off of um, work they were doing in the community and um, saving lives. And so we had four women, including myself. One was a cancer survivor who was giving out free haircuts for um, other women that um, were... Um, diagnosed with cancer as well mm -hmm. um once they started the chemotherapy and so she wanted to make them know that you're not alone and so yeah. she started that there was another woman who was um remarkable in her efforts with the homeless community um being able to feed them and reach out to the homeless community providing um tents and things of that nature and then there was another woman who did the her community outreach for the children Mm -hmm. um, she did blessings in a book bag is what she called it, mm -hmm. uh, what she calls it. And um, it's to they pack um, lunches or food for the kids that go home on the weekends and may not have access to food on the, food on the weekend. Yeah. And so she made sure they have blessings in their book bags to be able to eat um, when they're not in school, which is also and all of us are remarkable in our own sense um, yeah. for our community out, um, outreach and pouring into our community and our engagement within our communities. All right. Well, tell us about what what you were doing. I I know what you were doing, but share share <laughs> with us what your side of the story was. My side of the story is um, the advocacy work um, yeah. for showing up to our state capitol, um, yes. being able to advocate for common sense gun laws. We do that every year in February, um, and it's very imperative. And we keep growing every year. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, we don't like that our survivor network is growing, but it's more people that are identifying as survivors also. Um, yeah. And we just want to let them know that they're not alone, um, that they have a community um, with them. And we share, you mm -hmm. know, we pray, we share um, and things of that nature, you know, what's working in your community? What can I do in my community? And so we kind of brainstorm and bounce off of that. Um, in addition to that, we have our local new member meetup. Um, which I'm a surviving engagement lead or membership lead. And um, I, you know, me and that title kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, we got all these survivors coming and it's just like, wow. Um, it's, it's overwhelming at mm -hmm. times when mm -hmm. you see another survivor um, that joins. Um, but yet, you know that you have another sister or brother that, you can help and minister to and y'all can minister to one another yeah. um and so the connection is um we're connected by our grief and our experience but we're joined and bonded by love you yeah. know and that's what we try to do and try to implement you know within mm -hmm. the organization um also we uh another part of that is showing up for different organizations that are outside of Moms Demand Action in mm -hmm. every town, um, mm -hmm. being able to um, reach out to different communities within our community, um, yeah. especially when you have um, these marches and everyone coming together to fight for a common cause and yeah. that's to save lives. And mm -hmm. so 
that's what the remarkable woman entailed um me sharing my story about be smart um making sure that i advocate for that and making sure that i show up and be present i'm just like in awe because that's it's it sounds like it's all of this and it is all this but it's just like you do so much and it's i think sometimes when we get to talk about what we really do and until we hear ourselves back like yeah i do that and i do that and i do this <laughs> and I, I do all these amazing things but yet you know um we don't even look at it like that we're just doing because uh, you mm-hmm. know for the cause because we just love to support and and, and you are a ma- major motivator um in our in our um movement um always um in, instilling in us um joy and 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 and, um you're a great poet writer um just giving us so much insight on how we can be better um and and improve ourselves so i in saying that i want to talk about self-care because i notice a lot of times that you write or you talk to us about something and when you're giving your guidance to share to us you're definitely telling us to take care of ourselves so what is something that you can share with our audience about self-care self-care one any journey is needed. Um, whether it's your normalcy that's been affected, whether you're a gun violence survivor or any type of survivor, um, self-care is imperative. Um, yeah. Making sure you take the time that you need for yourself. Um, being able to take care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, then how are you going to be able to take care of others mm-hmm. you know um and so being able to soul breathe i know we call it box breathing um mm-hmm. but i call it soul breathing where you are taking that deep breath from within and you're just exhaling it all and just releasing it um i also do a lot of journaling mm-hmm. um i do a lot of meditating and but i do a lot of journaling um yeah. writing has helped me on this journey where i put all my feelings and my emotions into writing, you know, to be able to write on this journey and tell what I've experienced, what I felt, you know, not saying that anyone else is going to feel this, but at least, you know, putting a, or painting a picture about Mm -hmm. what I'm going through. Um, And so I do a lot of that. I do a lot of meditating and praying. Um, And it's all needed on this journey. It's all required. It's all needed. Uh, being able to um, also exercise, mm-hmm. you know, that's a part of self care too, or just relaxing. You know, I call it the it's two big C's that I that I like to talk about, and that's calming and coping. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to calm yourself when you feel and you're aware of those those grief things that come on. You know, when you you you're aware of them, you have to find a way to calm yourself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that inc- that requires that soul breathing in two different entities, but yet they work together. Um, and coping, you know, being able to cope with what has happened, you know, it's not a easy thing to say, okay, I'm coping, you know, by doing this, but yeah. finding uh, finding positive ways to cope, you know, because yeah. we can all cope negatively, but finding positive ways to cope. Um, and sometimes that's talking, you know, yeah. finding you a couple of people that can relate to what you're going through and having those conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Like we just had our, our sister talk. We did lunch over the yeah. 
over the uh, the Zoom, and it was it was good because it helps when you may be having one of those days, and you may not realize that your sister may be having a similar day, but she did X Y Z to get through it, and you just yeah. like, man, I'm still stuck. But then that person can whisper something to you, and it's an awakening. You like, okay, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna yeah. see if that helps, and. And that's what this building this community is about, being mm-hmm. able to talk and having those, you know, those meaningful conversations, but also those difficult conversations. And so Absolutely. it does help and it's beneficial. Um, I see you got your candles, so burning candles, that self-care too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Self-care within yes, itself. Yes. yes. Yeah. It gives you it gives you an energy, it gives you a light, and it, it lets you see that, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel absolutely. there is something to look forward to yeah. and so that's a part of self-care as well absolutely for me it's a calming um spirit and for me it's 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 very calming and like you said it it since it uh, reflects light within itself it brings um I like I love to meditate. I meditate in the morning. Mm-hmm. I meditate at night, but I love to do it mainly at night when it's you know dark, and um, I light all my candles and I just have this whole ritual that I, I that I do when I meditate. But I mean, a lot of people they may not go all into that, but I'm, I actually want to set the atmosphere to be at peace because um, mm-hmm. a lot of times um, with self care, you know, we can have these list of things to do, but you have to intentionally put yourself in the space to be able to do that for yourself to care for yourself I mean because we do so much to help everybody else and like you had mentioned us being on the call the other day with our our other sisters um, sometimes like you said with that connectivity we need to talk because we have to be reminded that somebody else is going through this you know we're not just Mm -hmm. it's not that we're selfish in our own thinking because we definitely losing a child that is just so devastating you can just become so consumed with your own thoughts so sometimes with reaching out and connecting to my sister I'm able to say okay you know I have to step outside of myself and be of service to somebody else because she too has lost you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. um it's good, like you said, to definitely um, have that self-care and, and have sisterhood time, um, mm-hmm. definitely. So thank you for that. Um, we've talked so much about how you definitely share yourself and, and give, give so much of yourself to others. Is there anything that um, anybody can do to help support you in your efforts? I think that, you know, join an organization that's the one to work. Um, mm-hmm. Making sure you're being smart you can go to be smartforkids.org um it has a ton of information including the anthem um that i'm a part of also um so making sure you're doing your part that's how you can help us on this journey is doing your part um being able to show up with us you know if you find if you see you know we're holding a rally or are we doing support us you know yeah. support us in any effort that you can um even now we're you know everyone's so you know we're sheltering in place right now and so it's probably um kind of difficult for us to kind of look beyond the walls right now and say okay well, what can i do well you can reach out on social media social media is a platform also um mm-hmm. share the be smart um, message on social media outlets um right. 
um, share common sense gun laws, you know, passing background checks. You know, we all know that they've been right now with the shelter in place, they've been an increase in domestic violence. And so part of domestic violence sometimes ends in gun violence. And so share about that, you know, making sure that we are checking on one another also that helps also um just showing love right about now um and that's what i I heard this old song with love with world needs now is love sweet love and i I, it kind of you know touched my soul because it's just like we really do need that right now we need prayers we need thoughts we need all of it right about now and so um using your social media platform to better the call yeah, I add to the hysteria and oh, all of that, but right. better the cause right about now. You know, someone that's reading needs a smile or just mm-hmm. you know just a virtual hug right now. Being able to express that right now helps me on this journey. It really yes, does. Yes, yes. You know, and I can look on there and just smile. So yes. Thank you so much for saying that. Yes, yes. So, um, how can my Greek Nation listeners reach out to you? Give your social media platforms if you could. Okay, so I am on Facebook by my name. It's Javanya Young McDowell. I am on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's Forever Jawan underscore J J A I. Um, and that's on both Instagram and um, Twitter as well. Um, so reach out, reach out, and go join BeSmartBeKids.org um, and find out ways that you can help the organization. Um, and find out ways that you can ask also um, because there's a lot of information that's out there Uh, we just have to reach for it and research it and so make sure you join if you want to join moms demand action there's moms demand action um, also Um, but there's other organizations um, Jared's heart for success um, that's in the Atlanta area um, including Miami Knights organization her podcast so join 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 she's a great counselor so it's a lot that we can actually join with um, to better this um, fight that we're in right about now thank you so much and because you are amazing with your words um, leave us with something that you've written or or a quote or, or something that you can share with us Oh, now that you asked me that, now I have to look into my thing because I have, I'm like, okay, you didn't prepare me for this because I would have had this already printed out. Um, but um, let me see. I'll make sure I, I hope I don't freeze while I go to this. Um, hold on one second. Oh, I will fine. share with you. Okay. Okay. I wrote these words as a part of my healing. We're healing through our grief. I will continue to pray for you and please continue to pray for me. We are still healing through our shock and disbelief, but please do not say, well, at least. Never put conditions on a survivor's grief. We have experienced a loss so breathtaking and so mind-entangling. Please don't say that they're in a better place. While we may know this, but in that moment, our minds are adjusting to a loss so difficult to comprehend and a loss that causes pain to every fiber of our existence. Often we may sit in silence just to gather our thoughts, but because words can often escape our mouths. While pain pierces our hearts, our children and loved ones' lives were tragically taken by senseless gun violence. So please do not ask, are you still? Never put a timetable on a grieving family trying to heal. Our lives have only our lives have truly changed and we will never be the same. Please do not ask, are you okay? Just simply ask, how are you doing and how is your day? Let us explain it in our own way. We're still trying to figure some things out ourselves. Please do not say time heals. Time doesn't heal all wounds. 
because you don't know how it feels to adjust to an empty room or how we set our tables for one last seat. We see and hear things differently. Our sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, and loved ones' lives were taken prematurely. While we navigate through this difficult season, please do not say, call me if you need me. What if we call and you are always busy? Truly, what does that mean? Would you like for me to call you after the first or the second night that I can't sleep? Would you like for me to call you when I try to get up and I can't feel my feet because I'm too weak? Would you like for me to call you when I just want to scream? You see, during our grief, often we just want to hear whether near, whether far or near, just simply I'm here. It truly touches our heart to know that we are not alone, even in those days that we can't utter any words over the phone. As we search for our peace and some solace, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. As we stand on a promise, we just need to hear, I'm praying for you, I love you, or a loving hug, or simply, I'm thinking of you will do. We're healing through our grief. I will continue to pray for you, and please continue to pray for me. Oh, that is so beautiful, Javanya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. And before I let you go, um, is there anything else that has your attention um, in the advocacy world or uh, just being a business leader or community advocate um, that you would like to see change or bring further awareness to? Yes. Um, so right now, I would like to bring, you know, the awareness, of course, the gun violence, um, but domestic violence also. Um and the fact that you know we want you to understand that if you identify as a gun violence survivor reach out um reach out to anyone um that you know that may be doing the work that can kind of guide you and help you um and assist you on this journey um we all know that you may feel like you don't have a voice in this but you do you do mm -hmm. and when you find your voice you'll be able to speak you don't have to rush it. Um, it's unfortunate that this work will not go anywhere anytime soon. Um, that's the unfortunate reality of it. Um, but we want to provide the resources and the help that you need. Um, grief counseling does work. Mm -hmm. um, don't think that you're alone. Um, yeah. Like I said, reach out to someone. Um, that someone can't just be anyone, um, but reach out to someone who who can help you um mm -hmm. who can actually lead you on the right path and and help you on this journey um it doesn't get easier but our prayer is that you'll be able to manage it and we're here yes absolutely because no one has to struggle in silence you know correct um there's enough of us here that are um along this journey that are willing to support you but a lot of times people don't think that they don't have anyone because they don't reach out with them. They don't reach out themselves, but we have to be okay with saying, I'm not okay. Can you support me? So, but thank you so much, Javanya, for coming on. It's the Miami night show grief talk, sharing your story. It's always a pleasure to be in company with you and to hold space with you. Thank you once again for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Grief Nation listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another transformative segment of It's the Miami Night Show, Grief Talk. Today, we give thanks filled with love and gratitude for our special guest, Javanya McDowell, for expressing your very unique grief journey and sharing ways of understanding the healing process. This is your girl, Miami Knight, with much love and light until we connect again spiritually.